you for listening to the Sanction Love Podcast. Our vision is to bring the ratifying love, the binding force of love, to individuals with the purpose of increasing intimacy, freedom, and identity in Christ. Hi, this is Joy of Sanction Love, and I'm here to do a teaching for our podcast today. And the teachings on the Abrahamic covenant. And it's a covenant that God uh, made with Abraham. And God himself um, performed the covenant. That it wasn't dependent on man, but it was dependent on God. So I wanted to read um, from Genesis 15. Um to see, so I can kind of give a backdrop to the story of what happened um, with Abram and God. So it says in Genesis 15, after this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? And the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, You have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him, This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and said, Look up at the sky and count the stars. If indeed you can count them, then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. Abraham believed the Lord and he credited it to him to write as righteousness. And when you go to the New Testament and you read in Hebrews 11, it talks about Abraham's faith. And this was part of his faith and it was credited to him righteousness. So in Genesis 15, 7, he, he said, he also said to him, God said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to take possession of it. But Abraham said, Sovereign Lord, how can I know that I will gain possession of it? So the Lord said to him, bring me a heifer, a goat, and a ram, each three years old along with a dove and a young pigeon. Abram brought all of these to him, cut them in two, and arranged the halves opposite each other. The birds, however, he did not cut in half. Then the birds of prey came down on the carcasses, but Abram drove them away. As the sun was setting, Abram fell into a deep sleep, and a thick and dreadful darkness came over him. Then the Lord said to him, Know for certain that for 400 years your descendants will be strangers in a country not their own, and that they will be enslaved and mistreated there. But I will punish the nation they serve as slaves, and afterward they will come out with great possessions. You, however, will go to your ancestors in peace and be buried at a good old age. In the fourth generation, your descendants will come back here for the sin of the Amorites has not yet reached its full measure. So let me go back. I, you know, before uh, Abraham 
was Abraham. Before the covenant, Abraham was Abram. And in this portion of scripture, God is is giving him so many promises. And, you know, the promise of him having heirs that if he could even count the stars in the sky, there'd be so many of them. And, um, and so, because God says, so shall your offspring be, right? And then through the seed of Abraham, through the bloodline of Abraham, comes Israel and Jacob. Um, became Israel and the nation of Israel was born. And God also gave a prophetic word about Israel in this portion of scripture and said that for 400 years they would be enslaved, but that God would punish the nation um, that enslaved them. And there's so much in that of why they were enslaved and just go and read your Bible because it's pretty exciting. And, um, And then there was another promise to Abraham, Abram, that he would live to a good ripe old age and um, and that those who had come against his bloodline and his seed would be punished. So so God had done this. And then this amazing thing happened when the sun had set and darkness had fallen. A smoking fire pot with a blazing torch appeared and passed between the pieces. Remember that Abram, Abram, he brought a a heifer and a goat and a ram. And then he brought the birds, birds, the dove and the pigeon and laid it down. And he cut the bodies um, of the heifer and the, the goat and the ram in half. So in between that was blood. It was a blood sacrifice. And so on that day, um, when the sun had set and darkness had fallen, a smoking pot, a smoking fire pot with a blazing torch appeared and passed between the pieces. That was God. That was God himself. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham and said, to your descendants, I give this land from the Wadi of Egypt to to the great river Euphrates, the land of the Kenites, the Kenizzites, the Catamanites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Raphaites, Amorites, Canaanites, Gershites, and Jebusites. So he gave them all to you know he he he's giving. Abraham, the land of all the ites there. <laughs> um, so this covenant that God made with Abraham, he did on his own. The covenant required a blood sacrifice. The animal had to be slain and put on the ground and cut in half. And when you go back in antiquity, they used to make covenants with each other you know, a man to man. And um, a covenant was made between two people. And usually the lesser class, like in, in, like one would be a king and one would be a servant, or one would be um, a business owner and one would be, you know, a buyer. And there was these contracts, but they weren't contracts, they were covenants. And 
because a contract can, you know, be legalistic and, and you can draw it and you can, you know, end the contract, but a covenant is a binding blood. It's, it requires a blood sacrifice. And, um, so it says usually the lesser in the class or position would be the one who would walk between the pieces. And there was blessings and curses attached to this covenant. And if you go and read the blessings and the curses in Deuteronomy 28, um, you'll see that um, that was a big price. I mean, when you made a covenant, covenant with each other, it was a big deal. And um, because if they didn't ratify the requirements of the blood covenant, covenant they would be terminated they would be cut off annihilated and their bodies would be left on the ground to be eaten by the beasts of the field i mean they were just left to to die and to that was their lie and when you read in deuteronomy 28 it tells about the blessings right the blessings you know some of the blessings are that um that you will be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. Um, your fruit of the, your womb would be blessed and the crops of your land and your basket would be full and you would be blessed and you're going in and coming out. And um, the Lord would grant that the enemies who rise up against you will be defeated. The Lord will send a blessing on your barns and everything that you put your hand to. And the Lord will establish you as his holy people. And um, and these are for all the pe people that keep their covenant, right? With the, with the Lord. And then all the peoples of the earth that you're called, they will know that you are called by my name and the Lord will grant you abundance. And it just goes on and on. All these blessings that are part of that covenant. And then the curses would be the opposite, um, you, you would be cursed in the city and cursed in the um, um, country. Your basket would not be full. It would be cursed. Um, the fruit of your womb would be cursed. And it just goes on. It just repeats the blessings, but with a curse. And so that's in Deuteronomy 28. And um, so, you know, if, if the lesser of the... Um, the position didn't follow through with their covenant. These are the things. The, the things would happen to them, and they would essentially be left to die. And um, so this meant that if they couldn't ratify the covenant of blood, that they would be terminated, right? And so God, God in his sovereignty, God in his great wisdom, God in his love knew that Abram, was the lesser in position. And he knew that Abram and he knew that man could never keep this covenant. Never. We could never keep the law. We could never um, be able to keep all the requirements of the covenant. And, you know, the covenant later on in um, throughout the Bible, a covenant was the, the law of the covenant was the Ten Commandments. And we have never been able to, to be able to, um, 
meet the standard of that covenant. We can't keep it. So God saw this. He saw this and he, he became the lesser one. And he himself walked through that sacrifice. And when they made um, these covenants, they would do an exchange of their robes or sandals in it. And um, so there was like an exchange of goods, like that would seal the deal, you know, to exchange the robe and the sandals. So when we go back to see what God said, he was a smoking pot. It says only God could keep the blood covenant. He walked through the sacrifice. The smoking pot mentioned in Genesis 15, 17 was the pillar of God's presence. That's That just gets me so excited because he's the one. He's the one who walked through that sacrifice because he knew we couldn't. And God's presence passed between the blood, the blood sacrifice the blood sacrifice between the pieces of the slain animal. He took on the blood covenant himself. He walked through the sacrifice as a lesser in rank and position. He took on the responsibility for his part and for Abram's part. And so when I, you know, just um, marinate on God's word about this, it takes me to a scene in a little stable in Bethlehem. And there in that stable, a child was born and his name was Jesus. And his, and they called him Emmanuel, God with us, because he came, he came as a man so that he could carry out the sacrifice on man's behalf because we couldn't do it. We couldn't, we couldn't live up to the law. We could we couldn't live up to the covenant. He himself had to be the sacrifice that came so that his blood would be shed and we would be able to to uh, be able to keep that that covenant with God through the blood of Jesus. Jesus is our sacrificial lamb. He's the one. He's the one that died and his blood, his shed blood is what is covenant for us who believe in him. And so I want to read this. This is a picture of the gospel of, of, of the gospel in the New Testament. And this is in the Old Testament. It's in Isaiah 53. And it says, who has believed our message and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Jesus, as a man, he, he knew our suffering, and he knew our pain. He, he was fully man and fully God. And then it says, like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised, and we held him in low esteem. And <clears throat> there's another portion of the scripture that says um, that Jesus despised the shame. 
and he was despised. He took on the shame of humanity. He took on the shame of humanity because he saw the joy that was set before him. He knew that his blood shed would bring in the first fruits of the resurrection. He knew that he would have his people, his chosen ones, the ones who received him as their Lord and Savior, who who took, who marveled and delighted and was so humbled by the blood sacrifice that he did on the cross, and they received him into their hearts. So it continues in Isaiah 53. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God. He was. He was punished by God because he took on all of the sins of humanity. He was a sacrificial lamb so that the covenant could be sealed by his blood. Yet we were... Yet we were considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. You know, we get the peace. that This is the great exchange of God. We get his peace, but he took our punishment. And by his wounds, we are healed. There's another exchange. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each one of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And iniquity is sin. All the sin was laid upon Jesus. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before his shearers and silent, is silent. So he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. Yet one of his generation, yet one of his generation protested, for he was cut off from the land of the living. With the transgression of my people, he was punished. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And through the Lord makes his life, and though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, he will see his offspring. We are his offspring and prolong his days and will, and the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. After he has suffered, after he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied by his knowledge. My righteous servant will justify many. Jesus justifies us. He justifies us by his blood. And, and he has borne all our iniquities. Therefore, I will give him a portion among the great, and he will divide the spoils with the strong, because he has poured out his life unto death. I was numbered with the transgressors, for he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. He made intercession on our behalf. So in Isaiah 53, there was such a great exchange by God himself. God, Emmanuel with Emmanuel, God with us, Jesus, you know, um, that 
the word. He's the word that became flesh. And in this great exchange, just like how they did in the old times, how they exchanged their sandals and their robe. Well, Jesus exchanged his robe of glory for a cloak of humanity. Do you see that God himself in his glory, he came down and put on flesh. He, he exchanged his glory to put on flesh. And then he gave us his robe of righteousness in exchange for the sins of mankind. He is such a great God. He is such a great God. And so this is the this is a covenant that God made with man. And this is a covenant that God made with Abraham. And it wasn't all understood then with Abraham, Abraham. Um, but as we read and we see, we see that God had to walk through the sacrifice because nowhere in history could a man ever um, be able to stand and complete the covenant. No man could do that, only Jesus himself. And just in a little side note, um, in research, um, I had done a, a video on um, Jesus, the identity, blood and the identity, our identity. And in that, you know, I researched and it talked about when Jesus, I mean, when David went and um, and killed Goliath because Goliath was a type of um, enemy, a type of Satan. And so when David went and cut the enemy's head off, cut Goliath's head off, he marched into Jerusalem and went to a hill. And on that hill, he buried the head of Goliath. And on that same hill, it talks about Abraham. He, he did have an heir, and his name was Isaac. And God had asked him to sacrifice Isaac, his firstborn. And um, so Abram took Isaac up onto a hill and um, put him, laid him on an altar and was just about to sacrifice him, and the Lord stopped him. And there was this, there was a scapegoat. There was a goat that was used instead of Isaac for the sacrifice. Well, as I studied this out, um, it, listening to the scholars, a lot of them believe, um, that where Goliath's head was buried was the same place that the cross of Jesus went into the ground. And it was also the same place where Ab Abraham was going to sacrifice Isaac. And so there was so much prophecy fulfilled in this one place on the hill of Golgotha, on Calvary. And it says in Genesis 3 that, um, that Satan would bruise the heel of Jesus, which when he was laid on the cross, a nail was put through both of his feet and the blood dripped and dripped and dripped into the ground right on the head of the enemy. And it also says in Genesis that, in Genesis 3, that 
Yes, the enemy would bruise the heel of Jesus, but Jesus would crush his head. Isn't that so amazing? That God, from Genesis to Revelation, his word is true. And his word, when you study and bring it all together, it just confirms and confirms and confirms itself. So God has made a covenant with mankind through the blood of Jesus. And if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I am just calling you. I am just inviting you to know the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You see, he sacrificed for you. He, 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 he was the sacrificial lamb. And his blood covers your sin and covers all your unrighteousness. So I, I hope you enjoyed this teaching. We love you at Sanction Love. And um, God bless you. And have a wonderful day. Love you. Bye. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. For more information about Sanction Love, or if you'd like to give, visit our website at www.sanctionlove.com and follow us on our Facebook and Instagram pages. We love you and God bless.